If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Christina. Hi, Chelsea. How's it going? Same panic, different disco. That's fair enough. But yeah. on this day, how are you? Tired. Yeah, you said you didn't sleep well last night. It's just those fucking fireworks, man. Like, I, they were so, like, Stitches, Stitches, who, like, is normally not, like, concerned about loud noises. Like, she loves watching thunder and lightning storms. Mm-hmm. Or, I guess, watching lightning storms and listening to thunderstorms, uh, which is hilarious because I fucking hate them. She was freaked out last night. And I think it's because it's like with thunder and lightning, it's consistent. And with sort of. Uh, yeah. And yeah. with it's a consistent kind of noise. Yeah. And with fireworks, it's not because it's like a bunch of people doing it. It's a bunch of people we, doing it. And like sometimes it's crackling. Sometimes it's a boom. Sometimes it's those ones that like shriek. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of people have com- been complaining about fireworks in the area. We actually have been pretty okay in north hollywood like there's been a couple nights when it's like a couple have gone off and it's like dude what the fuck but last night of course because it was the fourth of july last night it was something else and i just like (laughs) could not sleep yeah we've been having fireworks pretty much every night over here for some reason like somebody's been shooting off fireworks the whole time that makes more sense because you're in a more spread out residential area whereas i'm in like a very compact it is zone and also there's a lot of like apartments in your area yeah. Whereas mine is mostly houses. Exactly, yeah. yeah. With large backyards that I'm very jealous of. Suburbs. <laughs> it's I, This area yeah. that I live in is so freaking weird because there's such a mix of people where you know, like, oh, you've lived here since, like, the 20s when this was a poor place to live. And then right. there's people who have bought that land and bulldozed it and put mansions there like Like literally neighbor like my neighbor (laughs) like literally next door there's some rich man very nice helped me when spock like very kind when spock got out but then also this house that i'm living in was built in the 40s and it's just kind of like it's it's that weird juxtaposition of just small little ranch style houses with maybe like two three bedrooms and then massive ass mansions literally right next door i love your house i think oh, it's I'm great glad. it's full of I miss. oh that's yeah that's the only thing i don't like about your house that's is that it's, it's never been upgraded no it's full yeah. of ants yeah so i i love our apartment for the fact that it's new it's a new design mm-hmm. my whole thing my aesthetic would be classic victorian look on the outside but mm-hmm. on the inside Everything's been renovated. <laughs> Modern inside, classic facade. Yeah, that's my aesthetic because uh, I hate carpet. And maybe that's because I grew up with, you know, cats and dogs. Or yeah. not cats, but dogs. And now I have a cat. But I also would always feel like 
carpet gets, just gets dirtier. My parents were one of those people who every once in a while they'd get like they'd shampoo the carpet and the the difference in the color oh yeah disturbed me dramatic change (laughs) I almost said dramatic drastic and dramatic at the same time but amazing uh, another thing I don't know if I've told you about this yet another thing that you wouldn't like about this house is the ghost in the backyard that doesn't bother me okay cool that's good yeah because don't bother me apparently there's a racist ghost in the backyard Oh, well, the fact that it's racist does bother me. It's a racist me. ghost, yeah. Okay, that does bother me. Yeah. I have not... I I am one of those people, I don't uh, notice anything, but both Savannah and Christina have said whenever they go in the backyard, they feel a very bad energy. They also, yeah. neither of them like going in the garage for the same reason. But also, like, both Christian and Mary have said they feel a bad energy in the backyard. Like, multiple people are like, yeah, it feels really weird and bad in your backyard. And I'm like, I haven't noticed a single thing. I have never noticed that in your backyard, and I've been there. I've been back there a lot. I've been back there to try, because before this, mm-hmm. <laughs> and I just gestured to everything, we were going to have our, our like, domestic partnership, like, party well, in you your were, backyard. You were going to ask, because we, we needed, yeah. we need Citrus Ranch Council approval for that, and you hadn't That's asked true. Christina or Savannah. But at the point where we were about to, like, ask and plan and shit, then all this went down, we were like, okay, well, that's not happening. Exactly. So, yeah. Welcome, everyone, to Cults, Cryptids, and Conspiracies, the podcast where we talk for, I don't know, how long has it been? Five minutes or so before we actually get into anything? Yeah, and the first thing we're going to get into is the Bummersville Sometimes. Which is our new segment. It's not new. You say it's new. It's been several months now. Well, it it's new in comparison to the life of this podcast. Sure. It's the newest segment. It's the newest segment where we talk about the current goings on of our world as it is on fire. So <laughs> the first thing is the coronavirus coverage that we have, which not much this week, although resurgence there's both a resurgence of cases and a resurgence of people saying that wearing a mask is deadly so (laughs) about the same from last week though yeah so yeah you're not you're not losing oxygen from wearing a mask like i don't i don't really understand where this is coming from i think it's just coming from a people's desire to not want to First of all, wearing a mask should not be politicized. It shouldn't, no. It's, and I but it's, still understand why it is. It's very much a thing of people not liking to be told what to do. Yeah. I and think being, my favorite is a... Adam Ellis came out with a comic yesterday. If you don't know who Adam Ellis is, if you look up his comic, you you will. Like, you'll immediately recognize his style. Where it's like uh, one of those maggot people that is like holding a gun. It's like, I will do anything to defend my country. I'll build a bunker. I'll stand on the front lines, blah, blah, blah. And someone goes, wear this... Uh, paper covering on your face and then just rage mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's like yeah that's that's all you have to do is just fucking wear a mask and nope they're losing their fucking minds yeah it's stupid mm-hmm. which actually it's really interesting because there was there's this woman on twitter and i can't remember her name but she she's written a couple of like really long tweet threads that are very very good one of them about abortion and one of them about guns um and they're very good as, as well, because she grew up in like a Mormon, ba- she grew up from a Mormon background, so a very conservative background, and she's not <laughs> anymore. So she was talking about guns, and she's like, it's very interesting that this culture of guns, and remember, this is back in like February or January that she wrote this thread. 
this culture of guns with all these men being like, I need them to protect my family. But what you actually need to do to protect your family is like get your flu shot, uh, feed and clothe and take care of them when they're sick. And it's like that has become more relevant now because all these same guys that are like, I need guns to protect my family won't fucking wear a mask Mm -hmm. because it's seen as unmanly, which, by the way, toxic masculinity ruins the party again. (laughs) Yes, 100 percent. There's been several like. God, this is a slight non secador, but sometimes I uh there's a, a guy who reads segments from R slash uh like various subreddits. Uh, yeah, and he does this segment called All Those Are the Straights Okay? Which is just <laughs> No. Which is is just like toxic heteronormativity and toxic masculinity and stuff like that. And a lot of it is like people tweeting like, Hey, it's gay to take a nap. If I see a man napping, that man's gay. And it's like, what? What does that mean? Are you looking it up? No, I'm actually looking up something else that literally just came out. Okay, so BuzzFeed just had an article called 27 Hilariously Brutal Tweets About Marriage That Should Be Hung in a Museum Somewhere. And all of them are just, hey, are the streets okay? Yeah. If I go missing, it's because I adjusted the thermostat one degree warmer while she was sleeping. Like, <laughs> that, that one I definitely that argue a little about funny, the thermostat. Though. That's a little funny. But I, also, th- I also I feel like right that one. one's... That one's not specifically like heteronormativity. That one's just like my wife has very strong opinions about the thermostat. Yeah. Oh, God. Maybe it's this one. Oh, th- my husband just told me he wants a divorce. Actually, his exact words were, I think it would be cool for the whole family to live in an RV and travel the country for a year. <laughs> Getting married is easy. Staying married when all of your drunken midnight Amazon purchases show up on your husband's day off is not. It's like some of them are like funny but then you have husband does it bother you when i me yes oh it's like okay that one's not great yeah i couldn't fall asleep last night so i asked my husband to tell me about the workouts he does at the gym there's <laughs> wow. nothing my husband loves more than when i save up all the bad news i've been hearing all day and then fling it at him the second he walks through the door i don't know mal and i love spilling the tea to each other so i don't know if that's being sarcastic or not because if it's not like that's totally true i feel like it would be I feel like as much as I am enjoying these memes, I feel like we should not read all of no, no, the no. BuzzFeed article memes. Was there anything else no. that you had for the sometimes? I do, but one more are the straights okay meme. All right. Which is Hallmark needs to come out with some real talk anniversary cards. I'm needing something that says I'm just as surprised as you are that we're still together. Oh, Jesus. And, every, and all the comments are just, hey, are are the straights okay? Are the straights okay? Anyway, if you are in... South Dakota? Where the fuck is Mount Rushmore? North Dakota, I think. Okay. If you're... I I say that with no confidence. Honestly, if you're in either Dakotas, stay the fuck home. (laughs) Because I know Corey is from South Dakota and has been telling us all the stories of her family. And I'm just like, oh, God. Just stay home. Things are bad in the Dakotas. Things are mostly bad in California, which uh, my aunt was going to come visit my was going to come visit Mal and I with my mom and my aunt is now like, I don't feel comfortable being in Los Angeles. And I'm like, you know what? That's fair. Just because of spiking <laughs> numbers. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Cause when they say the spikes in California are happening, they specifically mean us. Well, well this like is one of the most heavily populated areas in the, in the state. Sure. But like not the Bay area. Yeah. Like the Bay area is still on a downward trend and the Bay area is also one of the most heavily populated areas of the state. But the Bay area is also one of the most aggressively liberal parts of the state. That's true. We have Orange County that we have to deal with and fuck them. (laughs) Although to be fair, Orange County, I think is now all represented by Democrats because that's how badly Republicans have fucked up. 
Anyway, California, Texas, Florida, and uh, Colorado is actually doing not super great. Oh, and Arizona. Arizona is doing super bad. Uh, Colorado is also not doing great because they're in a drought right now. So be very careful about water if you're in, Cal- if you're in Colorado. And the one thing I wanted to talk about with the other half of the Bummersville sometimes, which is the pro- ongoing protests, which, by the way, there are still ongoing protests, like huge fucking protests every single day, uh, which is a good thing. It's not being as covered anymore because police aren't fight. Police aren't showing up in riot gear as much, although people are still getting arrested. There was a huge arrest at Mount Rushmore this weekend when Trump was there to give his fucking stupid ass racist ass speech. And I think uh, a whole, I can't remember the exact number, but a whole bunch of people were arrested. So the bail fund there, you can find it on Twitter. I can't remember what its name is, but the bail fund for the Mount Rushmore protesters you can find and you can donate to that. Also, there is a lot of, there's a lot of talk right now about the Capitol Hill Autonomous Zone that was in Seattle. It has since been dismantled. And the reason it has been dismantled is because it started out very peacefully but turned out the well, the days were still very peaceful. The nights ended up getting pretty violent. And I just wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on there because there's a lot of rumors and stuff going around. And of course, uh, conservatives are really latching onto it because it was supposed to be like a, a protest zone. Locals that have been interviewed about the area have said that nights there on a normal year have always been kind of sketchy because it's a, it's a downtown nightlife area. One of the things that has been reported is that sexual assaults have been happening in the autonomous zone. And that's something that hasn't changed, actually. That was something that was happening way before this was happening. Uh, any female presenting person w- had a higher chance of getting assaulted. Unfortunately, that's just like how kind of nightlife area places are, which sucks. Uh, but the real main reason why it's been dismantled is because there was a whole bunch of shootings. And the thing is, there have been as far as we know today which is june 5th there have been no arrests but a lot of people who were present in the area are saying that the violence spiked when far-right protesters started showing up so uh like fox news had the parents of one of the young men that died in one of the shootings uh blaming the the mayor which you know the mayor's not doing super great don't really agree with the stuff the mayor's doing But it sounds very likely that the shootings and the violence in the autonomous zone were a direct result of far right extremists. We talked about the Boogaloo movement. We've talked about the three percenters. So people like them showing up and trying to stir up trouble. No arrests have been done yet, so we don't know for sure. But that seems to be what people who are living in the area are saying is what's happening. And they still people in the area still do not trust the police. And they're actually very upset that the police are not moving back in because they say they feel even less safe, even with the shootings going on, they feel less safe with the police there than they did beforehand. That sucks. Yeah. So that is that is what I've got for the Bummersville sometimes. I'm sure there will be more bullshit next week because uh, there is every week. (laughs) Well, all right. So moving on now, we're going to go into the main well, uh, not really. We're going to go into another segment of the podcast. Welcome, everyone, for real this time to Cults, Cryptids, and Conspiracies, the podcast where we discuss things that are strange, interesting, historical, sometimes contemporary, sometimes made up entirely, uh, yep. but usually just good for a good for a fun time or at least for an interesting listen, hopefully. I have something interesting for you. I've already started my research for my topic. <gasps> for next week? Yeah, that's unprecedented. Like, I watched a documentary and everything. You usually wait until the day before. 
I mean, okay, look, we both do, all right? We both do. Don't don't put that all on me. I no, you're you're correct. I am also a true blue procrastinator. But before getting into my story for this week, we're going to talk about correspondence and corrections, where we discuss the things that you, the community, has sent us, starting, of course, as always, with Twitter. Yes. And starting, of course, as always, with Kino, <laughs> who sends us a... Is it a meme? It's a cartoon. It's, it's like a, a it's newspaper a cartoon. cartoon. Yeah. About time travel. And it says, I warned you about that time machine, Carl. And it's got a gravestone that says Carl Bloomfield, 1951 to 1924. We also have from Suggestive Cacti uh, sent us a tweet about a somebody making plush Fresno Nightwalker. I, will, I want all of the plush Christids. They're, they're so cute. It's so They're cute. adorable. Yeah. I want to know if, because it looks like the legs might be sewn together. I want them to be, I want to be able to like. Make it walk? Not make it walk, but like, like place it on something. Like, you know, like have the legs hug something so that it's placed okay. on top yeah, of. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. 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 I don't know what, but that's <laughs> what I desire. We have, I'm just going to go ahead and do a wrap up because we got a multitude of memes from Kino. As per usual, our meme lord doth provide. They're all very good. I just kind of wanted to give a shout out in general for the Kino memes. I also want to say, because someone said that they didn't want to compete with the meme lord. Look, we we love all memes. Yeah. You don't have to compete with Kino. It doesn't we have to be memes. a competition. We're just no. all, it's a mutual meme uh, appreciation society. Kino has just decided themselves that it, this is a competition. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you, it doesn't have to be for you. I, we love all memes. At Ifrit218 says, I am happy, sad, and pissed off all at the same time. On the background of my mind plays one of the C3 podcast hosts saying, we contain multitudes. I think this is in response. Like, it's one, it's two tweets and one is in a Portuguese, I believe. And here in the translation for the Portuguese tweet is here thinking that a poetic translation of this would be within us multitudes. Yeah. I think it's probably in response to Bolsonaro. Probably. It's dentro de nos multi... I I shouldn't try. I'm sorry. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, But we also got East of the Fox sending us that uh, a bit from NPR about the Mississippi governor. Mississippi governor signs law removing Confederate design from state flag. Yeah. Last week, during the recording of this podcast, we got the news that the governor would sign it. So that was exciting. We got Jazz Dub sending us a recommendation for another podcast episode that includes Smedley Darlington Butler. Love that man. Love that man. Love him. Love a Smedley. Yep. Smedley is our patron saint of this podcast. At Deer from Space says, love the podcast. Have you ever done a bit on the gadget hat wrench religion? I think it's worth a peek. I haven't heard of that. We will indeed. Yes. Confidently Paranoid at Niblick the third sends us it that seems like something that shouldn't be legal for a president to do is just Trump <laughs> also they are an international listener and bought a couple masks from Chainstitch Creative because they're super cute yay they say I'm no expert in Soviet politics because uh, if you listen last week I talked about the uh, Chernobyl deal <laughs> I'm no expert in Soviet politics, but my understanding is that general secretary was the official title of the leader because that was the position Stalin held. Okay, so it was the the leader. I wasn't 100% sure. We were talking last week how I knew 
Gorbachev was the leader, but I wasn't sure if he was officially the leader. And I guess general secretary was the title of the leader of it the does, Soviet Russia. It does feel like a communist, like, government should not have one person who's, like, the president. Because the idea of one person yeah. having, like, total dominion over everybody does seem kind of anti-communist. I mean, that's the... So when I was in high school, I had a biology teacher that actually told us like hey communism works in the animal kingdom it does not work for humans and the reason is because if you give someone power then they're going to take that power so you know absolute power corrupts absolutely yeah and i i kind of agree with that because that's why i don't call myself a communist whereas a lot of other super liberal people do i call myself a socialist because it's like yeah communism just does not seem to work for humans because that's too much power to one entity. Like it shouldn't be, but that's what it becomes. Yeah. And it, that's a problem. It's too easy to for someone to take advantage of for the purposes of fascism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It leads too well. But Niblick the Third also says, also my computer science degree literally included lectures where they were we where we were taught, and this is how you document everything. So when it hits the fan, you're not the one who takes the blame. Exactly, yeah. I think that's a really important lesson for everyone to to have, including, Indeed. I mean, we actually learned that in film, too, because it's like, hey, if you're like, if you're the AD on something and the director tells you to do something and you're like, you shouldn't, though, and the director insists you have to be like, all right, can you just, for the record, write that down so that yep. it's not my fault? <laughs> exactly. We also have Jazz Does sending us some art of some Fresno Nightcrawlers. Nice. It's very good and very unsettling art. It is. It's yeah, I don't I don't like this one. This <laughs> one's not cute. It kind of it looks vaguely sexual. In what way? Not sexual as in like sexual things are happening. It looks vaguely like some part of a sexual organ. Like phallic it, you're insu and you're insinuating? That's what I'm trying to say. But it doesn't look like a dick. It actually kind of looks like a clitoris. Yonic is the word. Yonic, thank you. If okay. something is likened to a penis, it is called phallic. If something is likened to a vagina, it's called yonic. Fun okay. words for everyone today. So it looks yonic to me. I can kind of see that. It just... Yeah. They look like Fresno Nightcrawlers to me, except they got, like, hands for feet. At East of the Fox sends us an article that... They captioned, click for the amazing title, date for the great content, and it says Mushrooms on Mars, the chaotic tale of the space tiger king. Something that we will definitely be looking into. Later, yep. But also they send us another article about how swarms of insects cause a nuclear reactor to lose power in Michigan. Why not? Yep. Why not? And then also uh, some articles about flying snakes, which I knew that was a real thing. Flying snakes? Yeah, I did too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really weird fun fact. Last night I had a nightmare that I was bitten by a snake. I don't, I don't know why. I love reptiles. So that's a really huh. weird nightmare for me to have. That is. I'm strange. Yeah. At Ineffable K sends us, I got an ad for JCPenney in Spanish on your podcast. No idea what that's about. I constantly get ads in Spanish because we are in Los Angeles. We're in Los Angeles. That makes sense. Regionally, that makes sense. Yeah. So listening, it's kind of funny. Queerbird00 sent us a fairly funny meme. Yeah. Me listening to C3 podcast Parlor of the Paranormal about Twilight and then sends a screen cap from Kilba Volume 1 with Lucy Lou saying, tear the bitch apart. <laughs> uh, at RCR Camo V. I'm mm. so sorry. 
sends us just an FYI. If someone is using Google Play to listen to your pod, it is better if they use Google Podcasts. Never fails. I wanted to send you some memes, but I was never trying to compete with anyone. I just want to put a smile on your face after a rough episode. You're not competing. Don't worry. We love the memes. Don't worry about it. Yeah. Yeah. We love it. And then the last Kino meme we have is stop engineering. Every machine invented after the spoon is useless. Planes don't exist. They're just advanced birds. And you want to build something? Use your goddamn hands. I uh, am, as an, a professional engineer, this amuses me greatly. Yeah, there's more to it, but it's it's. I'm going to retweet it right now. It's pretty great. It's very funny. But we also have emails. 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 So first of all, we have a recommendation from Peter about a social media cult. Why? Why? Just the the nice. day life army. So definitely, again, another thing that we have to look into. Yeah. We have an email from it's unsigned. Yeah. So I'm not going to say a name. I thoroughly enjoyed hearing the new perspective of subject matter that I have been intrigued with for so many years. Then says two millenniums now. All right. Great, well, great, yeah. yeah. Great uh, work, even with all those mispronunciations of many persons, places and things. Keep, uh, keep keeping on. Oh, your banter, your laughs, and Patreon skits are very lulling for me. And then several excellent recommendations. Apparently, I mispronounced the name of the city next to Chernobyl wrong, which I was shocked at because I was like, but wait, I've heard this name so many times. It's, and now I can't remember. It's a uh, prip yet. Okay. Prip yet. Uh, someone, someone corrected me on the Discord and now I can't fucking remember. <laughs> but I've been saying it uh, prip yet. And apparently that's not right. Ah, <laughs> uh, I see. I see. I see. Or well, now I can't remember how I said it last week. Huh. Anyway. You good, Chelsea? No. <laughs> okay. I'm watching you struggle in real time. I am struggling. Yeah. All right. Well, that was it for Correspondence and Corrections, which means it's now time for a word from our sponsors. Hey, do you want a mask? Because you should be wearing a mask. Oh, really? I didn't know. Yeah, you should be wearing a mask. It's not actually going to kill you. I swear. Oh, wow. Amazing. Where should, where should I get a mask? Chainstitchcreative.bigcartel.com, oh, which is now is- doing... International shipping. Wonderful, because as you know, I'm so international. What yep. do these masks have over other masks? They are, they tie behind your head so they don't nice. like fuck up your ears. Wonderful. They're machine washable. Great. They have, they have a pouch so that you can stick in a filter if you would so like. And also they're super cute. Aw, that's wonderful. But are they like lovingly handmade? They are. They're lovingly handmade by our friend Kristen, who lives in... The Massachusetts, New Hampshire area over there. That far, place. Far yonder. Far yonder. They're wonderfully made. Yeah. Those all sound like wonderful points. But, you know, I'm a little tight on money. Is there anything that I can do to to get a little cheaper deal for these masks? Yeah. If you use our code C19podcast, that's the letter C19podcast, and that's all lowercase, you can get 20% off your order. Oh, that's delightful. One more time, though. What was the name of that website? chainstitchcreative.bigcartel.com and use I'm, the promo code C19podcast to get 20% off your order. I'm going to go buy a million masks. Yes. Yes. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 
91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. All right, Chelsea. All right. Let me, let me prepare myself. I mean, you don't really need to. This one's not a bummer. But I want to I wanna sew. All right. Well. Fuck, I need to turn on the light. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, Chelsea. I'll just loudly slurp into the microphone while she's gone. Well, not so embroider, but yeah. Okay, I am prepared. All right. So I just need to do something with my hands while you're talking. I understand. Listen, I'm the same way. I know you are. This was recommended a long while ago. I have it in my little book, but I don't have who recommended it in my little book. So it will forever be a mystery. Unless someone wants to, like, say it was them. Unless somebody wants to come in after Twas that I. and be like, "'Twas I who recommended the topic." However, I would like to, before we get into it, apologize for the names I'm about to butcher. I did oh. my best. I mean, look. It's the, it's the prefunctory before podcast apology. Yeah. This time to several nations. Oh, oh dear. But it will become apparent specifically which, t- which specific nation most of all as I start talking. Is it Brazil again? It's not Brazil again. Okay. Not this time. You get a pass this week, Brazil. I mean, not really. Their numbers are pretty fucking awful right now. You get a pass from me, Brazil, and the Portuguese language. It's them, us, and uh, Russia that is currently restricted from traveling. (laughs) That sounds about right. So, Chelsea, Genghis Khan. Oh, God. Is a name that most of us know. I would assume you know the name Genghis Khan. Not only do most of us know it, some of a, a lot of us are related. Five <laughs> percent of all living people alive are related to Genghis Khan, which is alarming. Do you know any Genghis Khan fun facts? So there was a movie about Genghis Khan that mm-hmm. uh, John Wayne portrayed Genghis Khan, which is super racist. But Correct. that's also why he died, because uh, John Wayne, where they were filming it, there was a lot of nuclear waste, and John Wayne got cancer and died. Well, that's upsetting. All right. Uh, so much John for this- Wayne was kind of a racist asshole, so. <laughs> well, Genghis Khan, the real one, was a Mongol emperor. He was a conqueror, and he is a legend. Over the course of his life, he led armies to take over most of Central Asia and China. He had the largest contiguous empire in history, which means that you could travel from one end of his empire to the other without cross- having to cross water. Wow. He united the Mongol Empire. But he also killed scores of civilians in his quest to rule. He he did do he that. Murdered so many people, just like who came first, people. him or Alexander the Great? I believe Alexander the Great came first because, because Genghis one of them Khan was trying to emanate the other. I don't think Genghis Khan was trying to emulate Alexander the Great. Genghis Khan just wanted new grazing land for all of his many horses and cattle. Someone who was a conqueror was trying to emulate Alexander the Great and fail. It might have been Napoleon. I th- it was Napoleon. Napoleon wanted to. Okay. Genghis Khan was like, I don't care about anyone who came before me. I just want a lot of sick grazing ground. I just want to be able to go wherever I like, and I don't want anybody to cross me. Yep. That was his shtick. Which, you know, on the surface with that, you can't argue with that. That yeah. sounds good. But then he would, you know, conquer murder. a city and murder everyone there and raise all their buildings to the ground. And that sucked. That sucks. That part sucks. So he was beloved by his people because, again, he was the great unifier of the Mongol emperor. And if you were good to Genghis Khan, Genghis Khan was good to you. Like, I I have that song from Chicago stuck in my head now. When you're good to mama? Yeah. (laughs) When you're good to Genghis. 
he was also rightly feared, as I said, because of the swaths of murder. Yeah, and because by, of the murder. Because of the murder. And by the time he died in 1227, he'd sealed himself in the history books. Somewhere. I, we don't actually know where he is. And that's the topic of today's episode. I had a feeling it would be. Yeah. So the there is more mystery added to his story. Like we said, Genghis Khan stipulated before he died that he didn't want to be buried with any kind of marker. He wanted his grave to be anonymous, and his successors took that to heart. To yep. this day, the final resting place of Genghis Khan has never been found. According to legend... After he died, Genghis Khan's body was taken back to his homeland of Mongolia. The way the story goes, quote, 2,000 people attended to his funeral needs, after which they were killed by his army. This army yes. were then killed by his escort. And the escort killed anyone and anything that crossed their path in order to conceal only, where yeah. he was buried. The only way to keep a secret between two people is to kill the other one. Yep. Finally, the legend states that when they reached their destination, they committed suicide. Furthermore, yep. after the tomb was completed, the slaves who built it were massacred, and then the soldiers who killed them were also killed. Yep. Thus, everyone who knew about the location was dead. Yep. That's the legend. The wholesome, wonderful legend. The wholesome. The wholesome legend of how Genghis Khan asked for his burial to be a secret, so thousands of people died. Yeah, that's you do. As you do. So to start with, there have been many tombs, shrines, and shrines, shrines, and mausoleums for Genghis Khan. But starting out early with uh, the language thing. I Listen, I might as well have my stroke early in the podcast so that we can just have smooth sailing the rest of the time. That's why I'm going to pronounce a lot of Mag Mongolian names wrong. That's okay. Yeah. So none of these mausoleums, shrines, etc. have contained his body. From what I read... There is a widely held belief that the soul of a person lives on after the body dies in their possessions. Things that are close to a person contain essences of them, that kind of idea. Yeah. So with this in mind, several of Genghis Khan's things are thought to contain parts of his soul. These objects are considered sacred relics and have been protected and cherished since his death. The Khan's fourth son, I think pronounced Tui? Tui? Lui? Mm. Uh, you don't yeah <laughs> he started practicing the practice of commemorating his father's relics in several ritual places in the capital of the ancient mongol empire karakoram karakoram possibly so tuli's son don't ask me <laughs> tuli's son who's also a well-known figure kublai khan I'm, I'm sure you've heard of nope you haven't heard of kublai khan He's the sec. He like super expanded Genghis Khan's empire. Hmm. Okay. So yeah, like um, his fourth son, I don't believe, was Genghis Khan's direct. It was his third son that was Genghis Khan's like successor, quote unquote. Okay. But after him, it was his grandson by his fourth son Tuli Kublai Khan, who went on to like massively expand Genghis Khan's empire. What happened to the first through third sons? They just sucked or died. Okay. Well, the third son became the successor. The first one. Right. Okay. So I, I don't guess remember the first and second. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that they died uh, because this was in the 12th, you know, the that happens, 13th yeah. century. It was the 1200s. I, off the top of my head, this is something that I should have known you'd asked and should have remembered because I remembered reading it and then I didn't write it down. So always, always expect me to ask shit that you're not going to write down. God, you're so right. I should have. 
Anyway, Kublai Khan went on to build temples for people to come worship his grandfather in the winter and summer capitals of the Yuan dynasty, the cities of Daidu, which is now modern-day Beijing, and Shangdu, also known uh, best popularized as Xanadu. Xanadu! Correct. The Yuan dynasty was... Kublai Khan, part of what also makes him famous is because he was, like, he he was the head of the Yuan dynasty of China. He was the first non-Chinese emperor of China. Oh, okay. Yeah, because the Mongols conquered a large portion of China. Yeah. Yeah. So after the fall of the Yuan dynasty in 1368, these relics were spread around in eight portable white huts, which are known as yurts or gurs. I always kind of wanted to, like, spend some time in a yurt. Just have a yurt? Yeah. Just, like, chill in a yurt. It seems nice. I mean, it's like a little nomadic hut. It's round. And they have usually, like, pointed pointed thatch roofs. Uh, I recently spent a few days in a yurt. Not, like, an authentic yurt. It was a it was a freaking bed and breakfast resort. The little rooms were just yurt style, but it was Was this lovely. when you were in Mexico? This is when I was in Mexico, yeah. I went the last to Mexico. trip that you took before coronavirus? Literally right before coronavirus punched us all in the gut. I went to Mexico and spent several days in a yurt, which is not a Mexican established, like, nope. not a Mexican building. But you know what? It's whatever. At least you had fun. I had a good time. But the these specific ones are called GERS, which is G-E-R-S. And these GERS were originally places where Kangas Khan had lived. And then they were then turned into mausoleums. Oh, okay. A special group of people were charged with protecting and maintaining these sites who have the coolest name ever. They're called the Darkhad. Oh, fuck. That's awesome. Right? The Darkhad have the sickest name. I'm sure it's not as, like, badass sounding when if you're from Mongolia. But as an English speaker, it's like, the Darkhad? That's the coolest name. Sounds badass as fuck. Hell Yeah. So the Darkhad are a tribe of people who currently live in northern Mongolia, independent Mongolia, and there are around 22,000 of them today. They're considered okay. to be the descendants of two of Genghis Khan's generals, Boorochu and Mukali. Good job. I did my best. I said them with confidence, but they're probably said wrong. Look, you said it with confidence. That's all that matters. That's all that matters. Um, these two generals were said to have been given the task of guarding the tomb. Wherever it was, it was their job to guard it. And that kind of seems a little counterintuitive to have people tasked with guarding something that you don't want anyone to know the location of. But I'm not the one calling the shots. Nope. I don't make these choices. So the descendants of these two generals, the Darkhad, were then handed down the responsibility of maintaining Genghis Khan's relics. Okay. So, so what do you, what are the relics? So there's several of them. There's okay. things that are like supposedly clothes of his. There's one which is kind of like a trident-like weapon that's supposed to be like super ancient and holy. Like he used, Genghis Khan used it in the battle to like summon a grand spirit to help fight his enemies. It's like, there's some really cool looking relics. Uh, we'll get into that a little bit later, what happens with all of those, unfortunately. Okay. It's oh, not, okay. yeah, unfortunately. So in 1864, a Mongolian prince named Tokatukuru, uh, in parentheses, I just wrote, God help me, next to it, <laughs> got a bunch of the dark hat together and he built a permanent mausoleum in the traditional Chinese style. So 
Speaking of, yes. uh, just real quick, the apparently all uh, as of next year, all of the from the tomb of where all the oh yeah Emperor Chi, yes, uh, will all be on display for the first time. Oh, sick! Yeah, be a cool in twenty twenty one. Be able to travel and visit there if we were able to travel and visit. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the one. I know, I'm pretty sure. Okay, sorry. Now I'm like not now sure. You're doubting yourself. I'm doubting myself. Anyway, someone will correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> So this prince and all the dark had built this permanent mausoleum, again, in the Chinese style, not necessarily the Mongolian style. And this went just dandy until the early 1900s when a bunch of the dark had started getting the plague. Hey, before you start talking about the plague, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry if this is, again, something else that you didn't write down. What is the difference between the Mongolian and Chinese style? I can sort of talk about that because okay. these are two different countries and they're two different like Basically, they're two different cultures, very drastic. Yeah, uh, The Mongolian people are usually fairly heavily nomadic. Like, even today, the Mongolian people are pretty nomadic. The Mongolian way of life has not super changed since, like, the modern day. They don't really modernize a lot of their, like, existence. They just, like, have dirt bikes and stuff now. Sweet. But otherwise, things are largely the same. Where, well, uh, they're not raping and pillaging anymore. No, they're not doing that. But the Chinese also obviously are very industrial. Like even way back in the day, they were having fixed settlements and they had different ideas of aesthetics and they had different ideas of function. So the Mongolian style, like the, the, you, if you, it's hard to describe because I, I'm not an architect, so I, I can't really go into all the nuance. And B, this mm. is an audio medium. It would be so much easier to just have a slideshow where I'm like, here's are the differences. Yeah. Yeah. But maybe one day. Maybe one day. But one of the main differences is that the Mongolian style architecture is based off of buildings that are meant to be torn down and moved. Okay. Which the Chinese style does not really do. Interesting. Um, obviously, there are permanent Mongolian structures, but their their architecture style evolved from that concept. So you can see those roots in it. Okay. So like I was saying... It's the early 1900s. Mm-hmm. The Dark Hat are getting the plague. Like the original Black Death Plague. OG Plague. The OG Plague. And the Tibetan Pachin Lama suggested that the, the mausoleum that they built should be destroyed in order to stop people from getting sick. Ah, uh, okay. I don't know why that necessarily was the reason but as far as I could tell, it worked. I mean, I think that's pretty solid reasoning. Why? Okay, explain. Because they, they don't know how the plague is spreading. Yeah. So if all these people are getting sick and they're all in the same area, then it would make sense to be like, possibly this area is contaminated. I mean, okay, that's fair. That's fair. All right. I can see your point. So there is one major mausoleum that is the capital M mausoleum of Genghis Khan. It is in the town of Shijie in the Ordos prefecture of Inner Mongolia. And there is some controversy about this mausoleum. To start with, Inner Mongolia isn't in the country of Mongolia. It's in China. Okay. Its full name is the Inner Mongolia Autonomous Region. And it borders the country of Mongolia to the south. So there's the country of Mongolia that is sandwiched between Russia and China. And just below it is Inner Mongolia, which is a part of China. So is this like a is this like a Tibet 
thing that's about to happen where they're arguing over if it's so it's okay inner mongolia doesn't claim to be its own country it is part of china as opposed to the the tibetan argument where like tibet argues it's not part of china and china argues it is right inner mongolia is like no this we're we're a part of china but inner mongolia from what i've read has the largest population of ethnically Mongolian people in the world. More than Mongolia does. Huh, okay. It should be Mongolia, but I I don't know all the the specifics of that political debate. And it's an autonomous region, as an autonomous region, its chairman, who is ethnically Mongolian and is traditionally always ethnically Mongolian, has some level of independence on how things are going to be administered as far as economic policy, but it is a part of China and it ultimately has to answer to Chinese authority. Okay. That's, is it like a, so it's like a state almost. Almost. Yeah. It's, it's like its own, it's, it's a kind of an interesting distinction. There are a couple of autonomous regions within China, but ultimately, Hong Kong. Hong Kong is not technically within China, though it is like, Hong Kong's weird. Well, it isn't it isn't it now? Like that's kind of the whole deal with what's going on. They're claiming it is now. Yeah. The issue with Hong Kong is that uh, I mean that's its own It was British shtick. controlled for so many years and then it was independent for so many years. And as of very like 2013, it was supposed to be part of China, I think. Like but and they were supposed to still be able to be independent, but China's like no. But Hong- it's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. And also what I'm more what I was getting at is Hong Kong is not located within the landmass of China. Ah, uh, OK. Whereas Inner Mongolia is. Yeah. Which makes it a little bit like easier to incorporate, you know? Yeah. OK. Yeah. So in 1910, it was suggested that this mausoleum in Inner Mongolia would be relocated to the independent Mongolia, the country above it. And apparently some plans were made to move a few of the ritual objects and take them there in 1912. Can I guess what happened? Sure. Spanish flu? No. Spanish oh, flu okay. did not, does not actually play into this. Interesting. Okay. Because yeah. I thought, oh, we're going the second plague. The no. other plague. Well, not the second. The other plague. The other plague. No. Uh, it's just racism. The Chinese government didn't like that idea. And they were very, they they wrote a very insensitive and racist letter from the Beijing office overseeing Mongolia, basically calling the Mongolian people stupid and saying they weren't getting the relics. Cool. Yeah. There is a kind of thing that China does where like China tends to incorporate things. and, And part of the reason why China has been like a country for so long is because they tend to incorporate stuff into their culture as opposed to trying to reject it. So, mm-hmm. like, when the Mongols came and conquered China, they didn't try and then banish all Mongolian things from their culture. They just accepted it as part of their way of life and kind of integrated it. Okay. Which means that they now feel ownership to these relics as well. Okay, yeah. Yeah. So that's why they want to hold on to it so much, is because Genghis Khan is an important person in Chinese history as well. So they feel this level of ownership of the relics, even though Genghis Khan is a Mongolian figure. Yeah, uh, that makes sense. Yes. But also, the whole way this went down was super racist. So the, the mausoleum and the relics within it 
kind of became a weapon that the Chinese and the Japanese tried to use against each other in World War II. Japan had installed a puppet government in Inner Mongolia, and they tried to spread unrest by claiming there was a Chinese plot to loot the mausoleum of Genghis Khan's possessions. Of course, yeah. The Japanese, if you don't know, the Japanese were super fucking awful to China in World War II. Yes, they were. The Japanese even provided weapons to defend the, the site of the mausoleum. And this freaked out the Chinese who thought that the Japanese were going to use the cult of Genghis Khan against them. And you heard that right. The cult of Genghis Khan. I'm not shocked. More than just the Darkhad, there are many people who worship the spirit of Genghis Khan as a powerful ancestral figure. They provide tribute to his honor, like food and flowers. They keep candles lit in his shrine. And four times a year, there are festival gatherings at the mausoleum. Okay. Yeah. I mean, honestly, it kind of sounds super fun because it's like there's these big festival gatherings where people leave offerings and they, they pray and they do all these rituals. And then afterwards, they also have wrestling, horse riding, archery and singing competitions. It sounds like something I'd like to I'd want to experience. Right? It sounds like it'd be fun. Especially I would love to watch a Mongolian archery competition because Mongolian archery is insane. Yeah. It's like people on horseback riding, like people on horseback doing freaking like trick shots with bows and arrows and it blows my mind. Cool as hell. Cool as hell. So, because Genghis Khan was such a nationally revered figure to the Mongolians, The Chinese feared that worshippers could be whipped into a nationalist frenzy and start a separation movement to rejoin independent Mongolia. Mm. And in the the 40s, that's exactly what the Japanese tried to get them to do. Yeah. During the Chinese Civil War, the region fell to the er, the region fell to the communists in 1949. So like. China had a civil war. The communists took over Inner Mongolia in 1949, and they pretty much banned people from coming to the mausoleum to worship. The the communist people did not ban worship of Genghis Khan as like a religious figure, but they did ban trying to in this sort of sense of trying to stop people from organizing. They prevented everyone from like getting together at the mausoleum. Okay. They walked this back a year later because people were pissed. And in 1956, they, ex- they actually expanded the mausoleum to include shrines to Genghis Khan's wives and children. That's nice. How many wives did he have? He had like a fuck ton. He had like nine, I think. Oh, I thought he had more than that. Uh, I mean, he, as far as I know, he, he had many. But like, there's some that are obviously more significant than others. Right. In... 1968 words, Mao Zedong's Red Guards destroyed everything inside the shrines, and they used the buildings as salt depots. Okay. Yeah, they just went in and they destroyed everything inside. They kept the buildings intact, but they destroyed everything, including the relics. What is, what is, like... Yeah, which is frustrating because, again, these are relics of Genghis Khan's from the 13th century. So these things are, like almost 800 years old and he's just going in and getting rid of them what is it with i mean i know the answer but it's still like what the fuck is it with conquerors that want to come in and just destroy everything instead of preserving it for historical sake and it's just well yeah it's because you don't want the people that you're conquering to have any kind of national identity that they can band together with i know but it still pisses me off correct yes it should allegedly 
this is something that okay when i was reading this somebody was saying that like they went and took a tour of this mausoleum and the priests there told the story that all of the red guards who originally burned the relics and they took part in like the sacking of this place later went on to die in horrible and abnormal ways like okay like they were cursed by the spirit of genghis khan for wronging him sweet which would be sick i cannot find any supporting evidence of that Aw. And it's just something that I only saw when one person said they went and, like, priests at the at the mausoleum told me this. So it could just be, like, a, a fun tourist sort of thing. I choose to believe. I Fair enough. Because the, the replicas, or the relics were replicated. Replicas of the relics were made. And the site was restored in 1982. So the relics that are currently there are not the real thing. They are replicas that were made after the fact because the Red Guard destroyed everything. And everybody got pissed about that. So the Chinese government was like, I'm sorry, we'll replace it. And the area has since become kind of a tourist trap. I mean, as you do. Yeah. People still come to worship there, but the surrounding area has become filled with hotels and stores. Some of the dark had that maintain the site are now paid and supported by the government, so that's nice at least. But yeah, mm, that it's, could be nice. It could be nice. Well, I mean, it's in the sense of like the government is paying them a wage so that all they have to do is maintain the shrine. That's fair. Yeah. But at the same time, what was an important religious center is now trying to be made out into like a tourist attraction theme park kind of place. Yeah. So this is where we're going to stop for our Patreon ad. I was going to ask, like, hey, uh, did you remember we have to do the Patreon ad? And yes, I did. It's right now. Do you have any so, ideas for the Patreon, I, Chelsea? I don't. I'll do it in the style of a nature documentary once more. I feel like I've done that in the past, but, you know, we're doing it again. Yeah. Here in the lush valley of patreon.com slash cults cryptids conspiracies there are many species that coexist in this wonderful habitat most predominantly you will see the two dollar tier frolicking in wonderful discord communities all over the plains these creatures called the crypt cord are accessible for two dollars and will often gather in groups to discuss things like conspiracy theories memes pet pictures or video games Occasionally, they'll also discuss things like recipes and plant care. It's just a fun little community. Look at them hop around, all cute and sweet. We also have the slightly more elusive $5 tier known as the Bits. These creatures tend to stay a little bit into the tree line, and they separate themselves from the main podcast as, you know, they don't really fit in sometimes. But... They are still humorous little additional bits that like to pop in on occasion to the main podcast area and add a little dose of humor. I think if you look closely, you can see one now. Occasionally, a bunch of them will suddenly burst forth all at once in what's known as a bit bomb, and $5 access members of the Patreon will be able to listen to their humorous chittering for hours on end. Over here, we have the $10 tier. As you can see, these are a rather more elusive creature that only appear once a month. This is called the Parlor of the Paranormal. They tend to be solitary creatures, though every now and then you'll get a series of them bunched up in twos or threes. 
And we've actually happened to stumble upon them in their mating season, where they're constantly yelling at each other about bad, raunchy romance novels that they have been forced to read. In all honesty, though, when, it's, when is it not their mating season? Am I right? The power of the paranormal sometimes comes to people early, two months early, in fact, before it makes its way down to the watering hole with the rest of the Patreon. People who give in $10 to this creature will see it sooner than other people. And there is one Patreon member who has seems to have more control over the herd of Power the Paranormals. We call this person the $25 librarian tier, and they act as a shepherd that guides the newest members of this herd into the whatever, into their, their coming out of the woods. Their mating season. Their mating season. The metaphor was slightly losing threads for me. But <laughs> I'm trying to do a soothing voice. The librarian gets to pick which of the books that the Power of the Paranormal read when they do come out of their lairs once a month. I believe this we have to give a this month we have to give a shout out to I believe Amber. Hold on, oh yeah. Up. We have a we have a non Twilight book. Because let we've read, read all of Twilight. Yes, we have to give a shout out to Amber who as soon as the first of the month rolled around, was like, hi, hello, I have a book that I want you to read. So <laughs> we have a book paid for this month, but next month is always open and look forward to Amber's pick at uh, whatever level that you subscribe to on the Patreon. We also, for our special listeners to nature documentaries like this about patreon.com slash conspiracies, we have a special edition version of this one where you can pay $100 and get the version where I just swear. I do a big swear as I'm describing all the frolicking creatures in this wonderful valley pasture. Can you imagine David Attenborough swearing? Yes. Yes, I can. And I like it. Yes. It's delightful. But listeners and viewers, please go to patreon.com slash cults, cryptids, conspiracies so you can experience this wonder of nature yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Ads. So... Enough about the Genghis Khan sacred relics. Let's talk about where his body may be. Oh, okay. When he died, the great Khan said he didn't want anyone to know where his tomb was. Khan! Khan! And apparently all of his sons and generals took that to heart and, as we learned, murdered everyone involved in his burial. This is if you that believe the legend. seems a little legends. excessive. Yeah. Hey, a little bit. Yeah, maybe. Just a bit. Again, this is if you believe the legends. Right. Additionally, as part of the burial method, some stories state that a river was diverted over the site of his grave to further obscure it. I have heard that. This does not sound like a well-thought-out plan to me, as eventually the water would erode away the ground and wash away the Khan's body. Oh, that's true, yeah. Water, but, water's very destructive that way. Water's very destructive that way. But again, I'm not the one in charge of these things. No. There there is another story that says the ones who buried him trampled the ground with a stampede of 1,000 horses in order to disguise the exact spot he was buried. I've heard that one, too. No notes about whether the horses were then killed to hide the secret. I've heard they were. Oh, well, all right. Yeah. There is also an addition that a bunch of trees were then planted on top of it to further obscure it. Hmm. There have That's been a, nice. There have been a few texts over the years that posit other theories. In the 1600s, a Mongolian chronicle called the Erdeni Tobchi made the claim that his body was never taken to Mongolia, that it was all just a ruse. 
Mm, okay. Another story from that time period said similarly that his body wasn't buried in Mongolia, but that his shirt, tent, and boots were. In another his legend... tent? Okay. Yeah, his tent, the, the, where he lived. No, I know. Yeah. I know. His house. His big old house. So they're saying that, like, his stuff is there, but his body's somewhere else. Is he just, like, naked somewhere? Pro- possibly. I mean, he's well, dead. I mean, he doesn't need clothes. Now. I mean, yeah, now wherever he is, he's just bones. Unless they mummified him somehow, but I don't think that's how the Mongols rolled. No, I don't think so. Yeah. There is another legend where a baby camel was killed and buried with Genghis Khan, and the camel's mother was found weeping over its grave 30 years later. Jesus Christ. I had to look this up because it sounded ridiculous to me, but apparently a dromedary camel can live to be up to 40 years old, so who knows? All right. And also, I learned that camels apparently can cry. And they are one of three mammals that do so out of sadness. Okay. The other two are humans and elephants. This took a very dark turn. Yeah, so maybe this story isn't crazy because apparently the facts line up. Allegedly, Marco Polo had a theory on where the Khan was buried. He said that all of the big name Khans and chiefs were carried to the Altai Mountains for burial, no matter where they died. But apparently, even by the end of the 13th century, there was no one alive who knew where he'd been buried. So, like, he died in in 1220. By 1290, nobody knew where he was anymore. It was already gone. Okay. So, the area where he supposedly, like, words, my brain just stopped. There are other possible locations, sorry, that were floated for his possible burial site. One was the Burkhan Kaludan Mountain, and the other is the Chinyan Valley. Mm-hmm. So okay. these, the second two option, very different areas Two very different areas. The second different the second option does not have a lot of information about it in China. According to the tradition of the Yuan dynasty, all the Mongol Khans were buried in an area around Genghis Khan's tomb. And this even area is a secret. Yeah. Well, I mean, even somebody's got to know, apparently, apparently not everybody who. Was, yeah. Who was part of it. This is the contradictory thing, because they say that everyone who took place in the burial was killed, and yet they say that people know where it is. But it kind of, what I, I got the impression of is that the exact area, like the exact spot he was buried is unknown, but the grand, broader location is. Okay, that makes sense. So, like, some people are like, yeah, he's buried in, in this theory, he's buried in an area known as the Chinyan Valley but they don't know specifically what part of the dirt he's buried in. Well, that's that's why you, that's when you get one of those electric thingies that like people use to try and find bodies that have been one murdered. One of those electric thingies? You know what I'm talking about. An ultrasound. Thank you. We'll get into that later, actually. Wait, is it called an ultrasound? Yeah, it's still called an ultrasound because they're using okay. the same method to check the ground. Okay. It's using sonic waves bouncing back uh, at different frequencies to determine if there's cavities. That's what they used to talk- finally put to rest the uh, theory that Jimmy Hoffa was buried under a giant stadium. We also talked about it when we discussed the lizard people underneath Los Angeles theory with all the tunnels. Do you remember oh, that? That's right. Yeah. Way back in the day, Mao will insert that episode here. Also the one about Jimmy Hoffa. That would be episode 29 and episode 145. So the area of the Chinyon Valley, there's no descriptions on where that valley actually is. So, like, you can't really go in depth about it. Hold up. Wait. Yeah. So this valley has a name, but they, they're they like, it's a valley. Some They don't know which valley it is. 
So allegedly, yeah. They say that okay. Genghis Khan was buried somewhere called the Chinyon Valley. We don't know where that is. Okay, so there's no place that is currently known as that. Correct. Okay. So huh. there's no descriptions of which valley is the Chinyon Valley. There's no place currently called the Chinyon Valley. Nobody knows what... Like, I can't go into more detail about it because it's just, like, mentioned in a book somewhere, and that's it. This is this is giving me strong flashbacks to, like, the Sea People, where it's kind like, of, everyone, yeah. everyone knows uh, the Sea People, and now it's like, no. <laughs> everyone knows the Chinyon Valley is. No. So there's... The other option has a lot more weight to it. So The, the mountain er- option. The mountain option, exactly. So the area around the Burkhan Kaldun Mountain is an area called... Ikkorig, which is known in English as the Great Taboo. Oh, okay. It is literally the do not go here of the Mongolian Empire. All right. The Great Taboo was a forbidden area, roughly 240 square kilometers, and trespassing there was punishable by death. Holy fuck. One of the big reasons people believe that it's the burial site is because, according to legend, it was a favorite spot of Genghis Khan. Quote, According to the sacred history of the Mongols, the secret history of the Mongols, my apologies, Genghis Khan chose the area where he went hunting near the Burkhan Kaldun Mountain in the Kenti Mountains, sorry if I said that incorrectly, of his homeland. He sat down to rest under a tree and was so impressed by the scenery that he said, what a beautiful view, bury me here when I pass away. End quote. All right. So that seems like fairly you know concrete evidence especially because as far as i'm aware the secret history of the mongols was a book written by one of genghis khan's sons oh okay uh actually let me look that up real quick because i believe that to be true okay no we don't know for sure who it was written by but it was one of the rumors is that it was written by one of his children yes okay uh and it is it was written a little bit after his death and it was like for the royal family the reason they wrote it was to like give to the the royal family as like a a chronicle of of the royal family itself but like how far after his death are we talking about like 400 years after the birth of jesus christ after (laughs) death or are we talking like 20 years uh we're talking i believe it was it was begun in the 13th century still it is it's it's the oldest surviving literary work in the mongolian language Ah, okay. By the way, that joke about 400 years after Jesus' death, it's because most of the Bible is written like hundreds of years after Jesus died. Oh, trust me. I'm very aware. Yeah. Um, No, I'm I'm saying that for our listeners' benefit. Got you. Yeah. No, the the secret history of the Mongols was written in the 13th century. It was translated into Chinese in the 14th century, but it is like supposedly a fairly accurate account of things that happened during that time period because it was written relatively speaking not super long after genghis khan died okay yeah all right one of the yeah one of the rumors is that it was at least partially written by one of his sons but okay i i can't back that up because i the place where i read that didn't really offer a lot by way of sources well and it's we don't know for certain it's all rumors it's all rumors exactly so yeah that idea of him like saying hey this place is great bury me here if that was real, then that's pretty concrete evidence about where he's buried. Um, yeah, that's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty solid. The, the mountain was supposedly so important to Genghis Khan that he offered sacrifices to it every morning. 
Okay. It was like a sacred mountain because when he was younger, Genghis Khan began his life poor. He didn't like, he wasn't a conqueror. He wasn't a member of a grand lineage or whatever. He was just a dude who was exiled and he actually fled to this region and hid out on the Burkhan Kaldun mountain for a while until he was able to like escape to safety. And so it was very important to him. It was like a place of safety and, and sacredness to him. So okay. despite the story claiming that this is where the Khan wished to be buried, no one has actually been able to confirm if he was really interred there. Mostly because, as I said previously, it was completely sealed off from access for years. That'll do it. That'll do it. Only members of Genghis Khan's family were allowed into the area and members of the Darkad. So is that now 5% of the population? Well, I think it was direct descendants. Okay. And the Darkad were only let in because they were responsible for killing anyone who entered the Ilk Court. Oh, Jesus. Okay. They're, they're like the guards. They're only allowed to come in to murder trespassers. All right. The only legitimate reason anyone was allowed in was to bury a member of the Khan's family. Okay. So the Darkad maintaining this task of murdering anybody, they, they maintain that murdering anybody who tried to enter the area for like 700 years from the 13th century onward until the Mongolian People's Republic was established in 1924. I was about to say, that's that brings us recent. pretty recent. It brings <laughs> us to almost the modern day. The Darkhead kept killing people for coming into this do not come here zone until the 20s. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So the Mongolian People's Republic was a part of the USSR, which wasn't jazzed about, you know, the Mongol people having national pride and individualism from the Soviets. Right. So they banned everybody from entering Ikkorig. Okay. It wasn't just like the general public. Everybody was banned. Yeah. They whenever I think of Mongolia, I think of like a weird, a weird combination of Russian and Chinese. Well, that's because uh, the Russians and the Chinese have kind of stuck their hands all over it for a long while. Yeah. Though, to be fair to the Chinese, for a large portion of their history, the Mongols stuck their hands all over China. That's true. History is difficult in that sense. So the Russians, the Soviets, cordoned off a 10,400 square kilometer area surrounding it as highly restricted. This was not opened until the late 80s, when the, a Mongolian-Japanese archaeological team went in and used ultrasound devices to scan the ground. Interesting. They found 1,380 possible graves. Oh, fuck! 1,380 possible graves. But the Mongolian people were very against digging up these graves, so they have not been excavated. I can understand why. Yeah, you, you can see why they wouldn't want you to do that. In general, the Mongolian people are against the hunt for Genghis Khan's grave. Genghis Khan is a hero in Mongolian culture and is literally worshipped by some of them. And his last wish to not be found is one they respect. It's like, yeah. no, he said he didn't want anybody knowing where he was buried. So we're not going to go looking for him. I mean, that makes sense. Because yeah. that's like that to them, that's disrespectful. Exactly. And they don't want other people coming in and digging up everything to find him. Also, you know, understandable. Oh, so understandable, yeah. Additionally, there are a few issues with narrowing down the clues from the stories, even if people wanted to. The 1,000 horses trampling the ground thing would lead one to think that the tomb was a field or a valley. It was like in that area. 
But the tales claim that it was the mountain Birkin Khaldun. Yeah, so that that's kind of difficult for horses to trample. Especially a thousand horses. You can't really lead a thousand horses to trample a mountain. I mean, you can, just very carefully. <laughs> just kind of slowly. The other wrinkle is that in the past 800 years or so, there have been five mountains that are called Birkin Khaldun. <laughs> All right. There have been five different mountains called that, though most modern historians think that the current current mountain is the correct one. They think. They think. Again, kind of difficult to say because, you know, as history from, especially in the 13th century, people weren't super good with maps. Like we were good with maps, but not like super good. And it's kind of hard to prove that the mountain on your map is not the mountain in front of you. So losing track of a specific mountain kind of makes sense when you think about it in the ye olden days. When was the first compass? Don't I don't know specifically in the first compasses, but I know that they had figured out magnetism for a while. They had magnetism yeah. down for like several centuries. Yeah. Yeah. I want to like shot in the dark guess 14th century, like 1300s is when I would guess. For the first compass? I'm going to look. I'm going to look. I am too. Let's see who gets that first. What's your what's your guess though? I would actually guess earlier than that. I would guess in like the 10th. Okay. So you're saying 10th century, 1900s. I'm saying... uh, Oh, we're both way off. What is it? The magnetic compass was first invented as a device for divination as early as the Han Dynasty and Tang Dynasty in 206 BC. Of course, we should never have underestimated the Chinese. Of course. I was way closer because the compass, the compass was used in the Song Dynasty by the military for navigational orienteering by 1040 to 44 and was used for maritime navigation by 1111 to 1117. Okay, so yeah, they had compasses. Yeah. Obviously. And of course, we should have figured out that the Chinese would figure out magnetism in the BC times. They figured out everything. It was for divination, though. It looks like we didn't have definitive proof that it was being used for um, directionism and like stuff like that. Yeah, until um, the, the 11th, century. 11th century. Yeah. yeah. Fun fact, uh, Genghis Khan popularized paper money. Interesting. He didn't invent it, but he popularized it in China. Okay. Yeah, just fun fact. Yeah, so modern historians think that the mountain that they're currently calling Burkhan Khaldun is the actual original mountain. But no one's ever going to be able to explore the whole thing looking or... Like, no one should go and dig it up to find, like, location, in my opinion. Like, yeah, just because you think that you know where it is doesn't mean you should go looking for it still. I agree with that. A lot of groups are attempting to do non-invasive explorations of the area in search for the tomb. This includes techniques like the ultrasound I mentioned before, but there Mm. is also a project working out of University of California in San Diego that is using satellite imagery to try and find places that look like burial mounds. So they don't even have to, like, be there. Exactly. They're just using, like, Google Earth, basically. Hmm. The people who don't believe that Genghis Khan was buried underneath a river or a forest or had a stampede of horses run over his grave believe that he was placed in a burial mound called a tumulus along with untold riches. Ah, okay. Yeah. So these riches are a very attractive draw for researchers. Even if they don't... Researchers. Researchers. Even if they didn't plan on digging them up and selling them for oodles of money, a lot of people think of them as like an Indiana Jones-esque, this should be a museum treasure. Yeah. Kind of similar to what's happening with the first emperor of China. 
I I want a I want a movie of like the reverse Indiana Jones where they and this they has been talked them about back. Yeah, that would put be that a thing great, back where it came from. That would be a great premise for a movie. Is it's a museum heist movie where they bust in and steal the artifacts and then they have to get them back to whoever like owned them originally. Since I mean that was kind of uh, not really but kind of the plot of uh, the beginning of Black Panther with Warmonger or not oh. Warmonger. Killmonger. Um, Killmonger, yeah. Sort of, not really. Yeah. I mean, that was just the museum heist part, I mean. The museum heist part, exactly. So the UCSD team were actually, they actually outreached their search, opening up to members of the public to look over the miles of forested area for anything that looks interesting and to tag it for review. So members of the public can take part in the satellite scan of the mountain if they so desire. That's cool. In 2015 and 16, two expeditions were led by a French archaeologist. I can't talk. A French archaeologist. That's not even the French name that I thought that I wouldn't be able to say. Uh, His name is Pierre-Henri Dicard. But um, what? That sounds like it's not right. Did you ask Savannah? I did. How dare you? I did ask Savannah. Okay, okay, that's fine. How dare you? I asked her, and she told me that was how it was said. Rude. Okay. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I said the name when you went, all. Oh. <laughs> I'm offended. So this guy, he claimed to find a 820-foot-long tumulus on top of the Burkhan Kaldun Mountain. This mound, site, this mound is a site for religious rites by the local people, which led the expedition team to believe it may be the tomb. So this theory posits that Genghis Khan was buried in a similar style to the Chinese imperial tombs, with many buried chambers containing things of value to the Khan. Okay. The big problem with this expedition was that it was carried out by imaging drones without the permission of the local authorities. Yeah, guys, don't do that. So a documentary was made about what they saw, called Le Tome de Genghis Khan de Sigrid de Lovie, which I could not find anywhere. Oh, interesting. I like I found websites where it was supposedly online, but it's no longer available. So huh. if anyone can track down a recording of this documentary, I will watch it with Savannah and make her tell me what it says. <laughs> but Pierre-Henri Gisad, now you got me all messed up about it. Pierre-Henri Gisad was uh, not... He was not supposed to be taking footage of the mound, and he isn't going to say anything about it anymore because he's afraid of getting in trouble, it seems. That's kind of my speculation about the situation, because he said that he may release more posthumously, or posthumously, or however it's pronounced, but I honestly don't think he should. Yeah. Yeah, the tomb of Genghis Khan hasn't been found because he didn't want it to be found, and the people who revere him respect that wish. The secret will live on as long as the Mongolian people want it to, which is kind of as it should be. Yeah. Not all mysteries need to be solved, and some people prefer their sacred tombs unplundered, you know? Would it be nice if we could take a peek in there and learn more about Genghis Khan and the world of his day? Yes, it would. But it's up to the Mongols to decide if the rest of the world gets that. And the people who want that need to stop trying to fly drones over their sacred mountain yeah that's not nice 
that's not nice. That's kind of the takeaway from this whole story is like, yeah, it's a cool, fun mystery. But the reason why it's a secret is because they want it to be a secret because yeah. they want to respect the last wishes of a person they revere. So maybe we should stop trying to dig up Genghis Khan. I mean, maybe. Maybe. As opposed to like England, where they find a king's burial ground underneath a Tesco parking lot. That, happened. that actually happened, huh? Yeah, yeah. No, that happened. But also, like, it's the kind of same crap that happened in Egypt, where as soon as people went in and, like, they're like, ooh, there's a tomb here, they stole all the stuff out of it. So, yeah, we should not do that. I mean, I can imagine that's probably one of the reasons Genghis Khan didn't want to be, want to be known where his burial was. Well, also probably that, and also he had, he was a guy with a lot of enemies. That I too. imagine he didn't want his enemies coming and digging him up and destroying anything that remained of his body and possessions because those contained his soul. Yeah, that makes sense too. Yeah. It's like, no, leave me where I lie. Don't come and dig me up. Don't do that. Don't do that. And that's the story of Genghis Khan's tomb. All right. We may kind of know where it is, but we shouldn't keep looking for it. No, just leave it alone. If they want to tell us where it is, the people who know will. Otherwise, just leave it alone. Just leave it alone. So as the, uh, the podcast is coming to an end here, we, per usual, have several emails. Hold up, hold up. Yeah. What's the takeaway? I said the takeaway. Oh, okay, that's your takeaway. I said it before. I said the takeaway of this podcast, and then I said the takeaway. Oh, see, the thing is, I'm always used to saying, so the takeaway is, and so it like, didn't register to me. So the takeaway is, Leave stop, trying to, stop trying to dig up ancient tombs of people that the locals revere. Yeah, no, that's fair. Sorry, I was just like... I got all fucked up. <laughs> all right. Well. All right. You want me to you want me to say some emails since you've been would, talking for so long? I would adore that. Thank you. All right. So this one's from Audrey. Spooky butt house mystery, which is the perfect title. Excellent. Thank you very much, Audrey. I also can I just say that I think it's great that as we've been doing this podcast longer, we get less and less people spelling your name wrong. <laughs> hey, I'm about it. Yeah. I mean, anyway. I understand people who don't. My therapist doesn't spell my name right. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine That's at this point. So great. Then why were we? I think it was at the wedding. Someone wasn't aware that Mal's full name is Malachi. Malachi, you've seen against God. Yeah. Because I guess people assume it's like Malcolm or something. Okay. That makes sense. So he wrote down his name and someone was like, who's Malachi? And I just fucking <laughs> broke out laughing. I remember like, you no, saying that, yeah. Malachi. <laughs> but the thing is, like, several, like, apparently at work he gets that all the time. People call him Malachi, and it's like, Jesus. <laughs> Listen, the English language has ruined us for pronunciation. It really has. Anyway, so hello, Christina, Chelsea, Mal, and feline friends. I'm almost caught up with the podcast and appreciate your company while I'm doing chores around the house and working on various handicrafts. I wanted to tell you about the mystery of the spooky butt house. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> Many years ago, my boyfriend's stepmom was exploring the neighboring properties near their camp, lovingly named The Bunker. I don't like things called The Bunker. <laughs> I don't like that. In South Carolina, as you do. Sure. She stumbled upon this creepy house that looked kind of abandoned, so obviously decided to go inside and check it out. As she and my boyfriend tell it, the place was perfectly intact, but like a creepy, dusty museum. There was a thick layer of dust on everything, but clearly whoever was here left in a hurry. There were old mugs from like the 1960s and even a bottle of ke ketchup on the table. Ew. 1960s Nobody ketchup. Yeah. 
Nobody knows what happened to these people or why nobody has been here in so long. My boyfriend's stepmom has been back several times over the years because obviously she has to bring everyone on a tour of the spooky butt house and has even retrieved a few souvenirs. Retrieved is your stepmom's cursed, which means stole. Yeah, your your stepmom's cursed. Your uh, boyfriend's stepmom. Boyfriend, stepmom, yeah. Yeah. So I have two theories. One, the denizens of the house were abducted by aliens in the middle of dinner one night. Since then, the government has protected this site, paying the property taxes and keeping it from being put on the market as a research site to keep anybody else from learning the truth about what happened to this household. Two, the house is some kind of disguise for a secret underground lab. I haven't been there yet, but if I ever do get to go, once we can travel again, I'll be sure to investigate the secret lover for lovers and this investigate for secret lovers and trapdoors. What do y'all think? Any other theories? Sorry for the longish email, but I love y'all on the pod. Stay safe and healthy out there. Peace and cookies, Audrey. P.S. Someone else told y'all about the Bigfoot Museum in Felton, California recently. I've been there as well and can confirm it is excellent. When you can, it is 100% worth the drive from L.A. just to have a chat with the proprietor. And P.P.S. I'm attaching a picture of my fluffy boy Fred helping with my sewing. I love that him. That is a very good cat. I love Fred. Thank you. But also, Audrey, you never explained why it's called the butt house. Yeah, I'm like, did I miss something? I <laughs> nowhere in this email is explained why it's called the butt house. I have a theory though. Okay. I think it's do you remember that movie Blast from the Past? No. Oh, it's a it's a ninety it's like a late nineties movie. Okay. With Brandon Fraser as the star. Like nice. when Brandon Fraser was starring in a whole bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was that During the Cold War in the 1960s, his parents, his dad had built a bunker underneath their house just in case, like, you know, the commies attacked. And they thought that they were going to be attacked. So they went underground and then a plane, like a fighter jet that was patrolling the area, that was a U.S. fighter jet, happened to, like, the pilot had to eject and the plane crashed on their house. So they thought bombs were dropping. So they stayed down there. So my theory is that Cold War era family assumed that the bombs were about to drop, so they went in a bunker somewhere and never came out. Oh, okay. All like right. Like in the middle of dinner, they're like, oh, yeah, fuck, and we just gotta left. go. I can see that. Yeah, um, that's my theory. All right, so we have another one from Corey, who did, who did spell your name wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Like I said, Corey, listen, don't worry about it. It's fine. I understand. Chelsea, Christina, and the crew. Ho- this is the hop. Hopkinsville Goblins. We did the Hopkinsville Goblins, didn't yes, we? Yes, we did. Mal okay. will insert the episode where we talked about the Hops- the Hopkinsville Goblins here. Hopkinsville. I can't words. That would be episode 33. I'm sorry, Mal. <laughs> we, we've had him look up so many episodes. Anyway, we've been listening to three C's for, or I've been listening to three C's for a few months, alternating betwixt new and old episodes. The Hopkinsville Goblin event reminded me of when I did some field work in Hopkinsville in about 2006. I didn't hear about the aliens until years later, but I did hear about a psychic named Edgar Caius, who might be a good subject of an episode. Yeah. Also, you posited the question, what the fuck else are you going to do in Kentucky? The area we worked in was near an old farmhouse that had recently been busted as a huge meth lab. Woof. Someone had spray painted whorehouse, H-O-R-E house, (laughs) on the front wall. So the answer to your question is take drugs, engage in the sex trade, and misspell things. Ooh, sex trade is not good, though. No, it's not. Many substance abuse and rampant STI contribute to the hallucinations. Oof. And here's a photo of our cats, uh, Gray Malkin, child of dust, Dusk, and her brother Laffy Taffy, child of first light. Hopefully we will all move out of Bummersville someday soon. Oh, thank you for <laughs> the cute babies. Thank you very much. I, I, things to do in Kentucky. Uh, take drugs, sex work, and misspelling. 
Yeah. You know. I, I love I love whorehouse. The pastimes. <laughs> anyway. We have one last email. This one's a little bit long, but I yeah. feel like we can do it. I believe in you, Chelsea. Yeah. This is from Jimmy. It says, hi, Chelsea. Hi, Christina. Hi, Mal. Recently, I, I stumbled like upon... To, hold on. It says, hi, Chelsea. Hi, Christina. Hi, Mal. Yeah, there's an exclamation point after hi, Mal. After Mal. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Recently, I stumbled upon three C's, more crucial than the three R's, and the levels of enjoyment derived from your voices on these topics is supreme. That is very sweet. That is like the best review. Thank you very much. I'm already familiar with maybe 90% of what you guys discussed, but I've rarely laughed so hard reading about it, so thank you. Not that there's anything to laugh about when the anti-Semitism or anti-Satanism clacks and sounds, of course. sometimes it's fun we haven't talked about those things in a while we haven't had a klaxon in a little bit that's true next week there should be some oh actually hang on all right maybe not yeah i feel like i should go looking for klaxon bait now yeah See who can just have like two weeks where we see who can get the most klaxons. Oh man, that'd be fun. Recently, I know your podcast is more about Star Wars than Harry Potter, but listening to the two of you deliver some a similarly nerdy pleasure to listening to Hannah and Marcel on Witch Please. I don't know if you're familiar with it, but is that is the highest podcasting compliment that is within my power to bestow? Oh, thank you. Very sweet. You have to look that up now. Yeah. A friend introduced me to them around the time your podcast began, but was not good enough friend to introduce me to cult cryptids and conspiracies. Fear not. I have proven my dedication to Bummersville by disconnecting. (laughs) (laughs) Jesus Christ. Okay. We don't, we don't condone that. (laughs) That's cult behavior. (laughs) Uh, I'd just like to second Duke Jim, who previously wrote two years ago, to praise your summary of uh, covenanting and the killing times in Scotland. Oh, okay. Yeah. As a Scottish historian from Scotland who specialized in the 15th and 17th centuries, which is like your favorite time period. Indeed. I can confirm to you that you did a pretty good job. Thank you so much. I was very worried, but also what follows immediately. Sadly, the constant apologies for mispronunciation are not enough to forgive your murder of is it Edinburgh? Edinburgh. <laughs> Likewise, talking at length about Nessie without even knowing where the fuck Loch Ness is was at once infuriating and hilarious. <laughs> Sadly, I decided not to pursue a PhD when I learned just how bleak the prospects could be, but I still keep in touch with the academy and have lots of PhD pals. So if I get wind of any promising petty academic spats, I shall inform you forthwith. Thank Excellent. You. Please do. I began writing this email when I was on episode 25, not bad, a few weeks after discovering it, but a few days later, I'm now on episode 42, Life, the Universe, and everything, and could have never expected that Americans would be discussing Jill Dando's murder two decades later. Yeah. Even though I was we at the time, I still remember it being all over the news as clearly as Michael Jackson's trial or Diana Spencer's crash. Presumably, you'll tackle those conspiracies in episodes I've yet to hear. Uh, We didn't do his trial. We didn't do his trial, and I don't think we have talked about Princess Diana yet, have we? I don't remember talking about it. I think we've it. talked around her. Yeah, but we haven't done an episode mentioned... on Princess Diana. Yeah, we've mentioned her several times. I mean, obviously, it was John Mulaney. Right. Uh, we. I think we've talked about her a lot of times when we've talked about the Illuminati. 
or like the the great conspiracy about like I think we've actually talked about her when we talked about the great child sex ring conspiracy. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Anyway. Oh fuck. Speaking of which, now we got to do JFK Jr. God damn it. <laughs> anyway, I'm already looking forward to passing judgment on future episodes that might feature Scotland or England or Europe. Well, you're in luck. You're in luck. <laughs> As well as the wonderful array of international stories you include. Really, I'm so glad you aren't limiting yourselves to tales from the USA. That'd be boring. I also love that we that there are we cadres of CCC fans in Australia and Japan. What a weird community is assembling. <laughs> we have a lot of people in Australia and New Zealand. It's very odd. Or at least we have a very vocal amount of people from there. Yeah. And Brazil. Which we find delightful. Yeah, we do. You've even made me feel re-inspired to start my own Scottish history podcast eventually, maybe at some point, because there are a wealth of lesser known and amazing stories that have not been plundered by Mel Gibson, George R. R. Martin, J.K. Rowling, Diana uh, Gabaldon, or or questionably informed ghost tours. (laughs) Stories that actually happened and aren't part of some fantastical or romantic repurposing of Scottish heritage. Also stories about slavery. I'm big on educating people about Scotland's part in slavery and colonialism. Nice. Anyway, lots of love to you both. And Mibble of your pronunciation gets... Get, oh, fuck you. And maybe if your pronunciation gets good enough, I can write to you in my native Scottish for our mutual amusement, eh? I, I can. Speaking of... And then it, that's, it okay. goes back to normal after that point. Speaking of pronunciation... I'm how, so how sorry come for my accent just then, by the way. <laughs> I just want to say I amazing. know what I you just sounded- did. And I want to apologize. Hang on, but you sounded so much like Groundskeeper Willie from The Simpsons <laughs> that, that it delighted been, me to no end. That may have been a, a, an inspiration. Who's to say? I just want to apologize. <laughs> How come yours don't say Slenderman, but Slenderman, as if it's some surname of some white dude who works in an office? I don't know. No, we it's did that actually- as a joke. Oh. That's what it was. We kept When we were talking about Slenderman, we kept referring to him as the Slenderman. <laughs> I think it was just like after a while, the words just kind of don't make sense because you say it so much. I was doing it as a goof. I was saying the Slenderman because I thought it was funny. It is Slenderman, but we enjoy saying Slenderman because it is humorous. Great sales this month, Slenderman. (laughs) After spending a lot of time in California and Kentucky, I've heard some words said in strange ways to my own ears, but this one really strikes me for some reason. It is a goof. Sorry. P.S. The episode Space Owls had me laughing hysterically at 4 a.m. while my partner tried to sleep. She was mad the next day and would not accept Mothman on vacation as justification. <laughs> it seems like CCC has more need of an owl klaxon than Witch Please did whenever Hedwig was mentioned. Oh, nice. okay. Oh, so Witch Please, I guess, is a Harry Potter thing. It is. Yeah, yeah. P.P.S. For the love of cats, I attach a picture of my own long dead fatty, Bunty the Insatiable. <laughs> she never stopped meowing unless she was eating. I have that. <laughs> Which clearly she did whenever she wasn't meowing. I never imagined apparitions at our house, but thinking back to the haunted look in Bunty's eyes and her incessant meowing makes me wonder if there was something disturbing her more than a rumbling tum. Come to think of it, our other cat snoozer was the closest thing to a ghost I can think of. She'd silently appear in a bedroom door in the shadows and just sit staring at me with her abnormally large ears and saucer eyes. I'd be lying in bed reading, lower the book and turn a page and there she would be watching me. I think Lovely. that's just a cat thing. I, I mean, kind of, yeah. PPS, actually, I'm now in episode 47 and just burtled at the words Prince Harry could never wrong me. He's too wholesome. Perhaps. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know about this. Perhaps a fellow Brit will have pointed this out, but you can find some pretty unsavory stories and pictures of Harry before he gave into the family tradition of living, living a guided by PR advice, life guided by PR advisors. His Nazi costume at a colonial native party is 
my favorite blender, but I'm holding Wolf. out for a photo of him in blackface to surface. Yeah, I know about the Nazi thing. Yikes. Um, That's no way. Yeah, bueno. it was pretty yeah. bad. I remember when it happened, too. Truthfully, when you live in the UK, you become sick to death of hearing about Diana and conspiracies about her. So if yours fancy covering another modern royal conspiracies, I'm sure Prince Andrew would welcome further examination. You we, did kind of talk about Prince Andrew. We did in the Epstein episode. So by the time yeah. you listen to this, you will probably have gotten to the Epstein episode, I imagine. Yeah. And this next one. So PPS was getting some new games on GOG recently and came across this on sale. Wasn't brave enough to purchase it, though, because I just bought about 30 games. And it was Cultist Simulator, which is what uh, Mal is actually now playing on the stream. Nice. So he's we can. Well, he was playing because he can't figure out how to get his second camera working. So when mm. he's supposed to be doing uh, the Lego streams on Friday, he was doing Cultist Simulator. Nice. Well, nice. Yeah. Well, you can go to our Twitch channel, twitch.tv slash T H E R E E S E A S P R O D three C's prod and watch Mal do Cultist Simulator. Yeah, because all of the uh, all of our episodes are still archived on Twitch, so you can actually just watch him play it from last week. Not all of them are. Not well. The beginning ones aren't right because they go away after a time. Oh, they do. Yeah, they still go away. Oh, okay, because the beginning ones aren't because we didn't have it set up to archive. It's but still only, like, Twitch only holds on to things a few weeks old still. Oh, okay. Yeah. Anyway, I love how he uh, uh, signed I- off on this podcast or on this email. Fuck, sorry about this. <laughs> Thank you, Jimmy. We really appreciated this email, and hopefully you enjoy the podcast as you keep going through it. Also, thank you for these pictures of your cats. Yes. I demand more cat pictures and dog pictures. Uh, I'm, I want more dog pictures because I'm trying to convince Mal to get a dog. Fair. Well, we have gotten a large number of emails since then, and trust us, we will get to your emails as the episodes go by. Never stop sending them because they delight us to no end. Yeah, so, we might have to just do a special bonus episode. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's we say that. Maybe we'll catch up. Who knows? Yeah, maybe. But in the meantime, if you have a story that you want to send to us, feel free to email it to us at cultcryptedconspiracies at gmail.com. We love seeing your pet pictures, we love hearing your stories, and we very much enjoy any contributions that you may have to the podcast, even if it's stuff like corrections. I'm also now going to do kind of the rapid fire social media call and response. So I'll say the name of social media that you can find us at, and Chelsea will tell you what it is. So we're on Twitter. At C3 Podcast. We're on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Conspiracies. We're on Twitch. Twitch.tv slash 3CsProd. That's T-H-R-E-E-S-E-A-S-P-R-O-D. We also have a website. Conspiracies.com. And that website is where you can just find all the links and stuff. So if you, if you want to find anything, you can just go to the website. We used to have a P.O. box, but um, it broke and then we were going to get a new one and then coronavirus happened. So <laughs> we don't have a P.O. box at the moment, but we still love hearing from you regardless. I need to find Tim Tam somewhere. I, I'm telling you, world market, my dude. Where the fuck is the nearest? Whole, uh, yeah. Where's the nearest world market? There's one for like two miles. There's like one for like a mile from my house. It's like two blocks away. OK. Yeah. OK. Come get. Come get Tim Tams at this world market. Anyway, we'll be <laughs> back next week. Uh, maybe you can start your own conspiracy about how me and Chelsea are secretly like dead and our tomb is missing. And sure. you have to unravel it. And the clues to where we are buried are in this podcast. Um, it would yeah, be kind not? of difficult to pull that off considering how topical we've been lately. But, you know, you can do anything these days. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Uh, next week, Chelsea will have something for you. I will. Yes. That I will. I- don't like the look on your face when you said that. 
You're not going to like it that much, actually. I mean, oh, you are, but you aren't, you know? I see. So I guess the one klaxon we're going to have next week is the train. Ah, gotcha. All right. Yeah. Well, we love you all, and we'll be back next week. Yep. Bye, Christina. Bye, Chelsea. Bye, Mal. Bye, Mal. I can still hear his voice. Um, You're going to hate me, but I need to go get a new pair of scissors because these ones are ruined. Oh, my God. Oh, my I'm God, sorry. Chelsea. You're the absolute worst. You're the worst human being I've ever met. I know. I know. I'm going to slurp loudly into the microphone again. That's just for you, Mal. That little... I didn't need to do that. I could have slurped quietly. Uh, like, listen. But I slurp loud just for you because Chelsea is torturing me. And thus... You have to also be tortured. I'm not even done with page one. We're still on page one. Haven't even gotten there yet. It's already two o'clock. We've already been going at this for an hour. It's already two o'clock. We've already been going at this for an hour. Sorry, I uh, I don't know where my snips are. Like, I have a pair of snips that I don't know where the fuck they are. I'm good now. Okay. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.